Welcome back to the Northern Steel Podcast, your weekly dose of Steelers news, even after depressing, depression, depressing losses. Oh, here we are. But we're, we're back, baby. We're here to talk about, uh, we're going to review the last game. We're going to preview tomorrow's game. And, but you'll be listening to it today. The Steelers will be playing the Browns tomorrow for us, today for you. But before we jump into that, let's talk about this absolutely rousing game the Steelers played last week against the New England Patriots. I can't Uh, wait. Yeah, all right. So starting off the week, two highlights. We have the Patriots on offense. No what? No problem, right? We should still be able to get some pressure, right? Wrong. And he completes a pass over the middle of the field. Yeah, no pressure. Middle field completions. I wonder if this will be the theme for the game. I'm sure it will. Patriots take their first drive all the way down into the red zone. And they go, they go up on the Steelers. 3 to nothing. Moving on to the offensive side of the ball, we know we got to make a statement and answer the Patriots' scoring drive. So Mitch, being the leader he is, tries to pull Deshaun Watson and put his balls where they should not go. And he gets picked off by the Patriots. Oh, gosh, it was so sad. I can't believe that just happened. Uh, But wait, Patriots on the next possession try to add on to their lead. But Mika whispers, do I have to do this shit by myself? And he picks off Mac Jones, Steelers ball. He's going to return it. And he gets us all the way up to about the 35-yard line. Mac Jones can't believe it, but the Steelers fans know defense player of the year incoming from Minka. From the interception, the Steelers are trying to get some kind of points on the board. They do a play action, and Mitch's superb vision takes a sack. Oh, we're in for a long one today, boys, but we just did not know it. They find themselves on a third and 17. Oh, I know this script. Time to punt. Wait. Wait, is it time to punt? No, wait, Deontay Johnson, he catches a great toe-tap catch just short of the sticks, but slides the ref a $20 bill on the way down to the ground, and that will move the chains. I can't believe it, but now we got a third and four. They just completed a third and 17. No way that they could... Oh, and Mitch Trubisky is sacked. Yep, sacked again in Patriots territory. Sending out Boswell, tie game. 3-3, a real barn burner in this one here, folks. You know, and just before halftime, Patriots are driving, trying to score before half, but mistakes on them because they attack Akella Witherspoon, our best corn... Oh, God. He gets mossed. Pats take the lead right before halftime, 10-3. It's embarrassing. Witherspoon... You cannot come back from this. Not only does he lose his pride on the play, but any will to keep moving forward in this game because he played absolutely horribly, not his best performance. Absolutely heartbroken moving into halftime. And to get mossed by Aguilar, of all people. Oh, Lord. Not a good day. Not a good day for the Steelers at all. This dude can't even catch, and he mossed him. He had 110 yards. Anyways, can the Steelers get in the field goal range with 20 seconds left in the half? Well, this will help. A George Pickens sightings for a big game. Did you forget that he plays for the Steelers? Yeah, I think some have, including the cornerback. Well, on on a third down play, Mitch decides, I don't want to throw it to Pat Fryermuth wide open on the out route. Instead, I'll roll left and I'll get sacked. Ending the time of the first half, and that will also end the offensive explosion. 
You know, and then Boz does end up proving to be the only reliable part of the team as he's the only one that can put points on the board for this offense. Really disappointing. Patriots then get the ball. Mac Jones goes for the play action pass. He throws it deep and finds a guy, what, over the middle of the field? You can't do that. That's illegal, right? But then the Patriots are going to punt the ball and he gets it to Gunner, our, our specialist. And what does he do? But it hits him in the face and he says, here you go, Patriots. I miss playing for you. Uh, take me back. After Gunner double crosses us, the Patriots now have a chance to add on another touchdown to their lead, and they do to Damian Harris. Damian Harris, rather, making it a 17-6 ball game. Sure, Sutton could have caught the pick that was right in his hands, and sure, Gunner could have counted only 10 players on the pound coverage and not dropped the ball, but who likes winning? Chris, do you like winning? I don't. But on the Steelers' next possession, they go no huddle, and wow, it's actually working. Oh, Canada, why are your plays so bad? Gunner takes a reverse for some good yardage he thinks will make up for his fumble, but it does not. And with the first play of the fourth quarter, Mitch finds Pat Fryermuth on a slant over the middle. Yes, it can be this easy. Throwing it over the middle of the field to a big target like Pat Fryermuth. Then they even add a two-point conversion. No way do they do that. Do you think they can actually get it done? They sure do. They, Mitch rolls, he throws it to his left, and Deontay Johnson makes a great diving catch in the end zone, who actually gets his elbow just in there. So see, we can score. All right, this midway into the fourth quarter, the Patriots do have the ball back after we score, and what do they do? They attack the middle of the field. Okay, Dom, I don't know about you, but I keep thinking... They can't do this. I've never seen the Steelers do this, and Steelers play by the rule books. There's not a chance that they will be doing that at all this whole drive. But instead, what they do is they attack and exploit our weaknesses, and they make fun of me, and and it just hurts my feelings, and they run with Damian Harris, and they run all over us. They keep going on Damian Harris. But what's this? The Steelers, they end up getting a stop on a first and 10 when it doesn't matter. Make the bigger plays on third downs, guys. But the time runs out, and we get to the end of regulation, and the Steelers fall short of the New England Patriots. 17-14, to 14. what a tough loss. What an underwhelming loss. What an expected game to be played. I don't know. I have so many thoughts on this, Dom. What are you thinking right now? <sighs> it was so disappointing because the offense was just so bad again they're just so bad and we also could have won this game i think that's the worst part is the patriots aren't even good to be honest and i'm saying that because i don't think we're really that good right now either and if it wasn't for again akella witherspoon getting mossed you can call that lucky but sure you give him that touchdown uh, it, it, like he he got outplayed there, but Cameron Sutton dropping a pick in his hands, and then on the very next, well, I, it was after that drive, Gunner fumbles the punt and they get the ball in field position. I mean, you take take any of those plays away, even if you even if Cam Sutton you know still doesn't get the pick, but Gunner doesn't drop that punt, you're not giving them the ball at that field position. Who's to say that they score a touchdown again? Yeah. And, and and I think it was disappointing because I don't blame the defense at all. Uh, and like, yes, we lost the game on those mistakes, but 
overall, the offense is just terrible. And boy, have we heard about it all week, Chris. Haven't we? It has been nonstop attacking. Uh, I've seen it on social media. I've seen it from the, the media. It's been ruthless, but also, to be honest, kind of well-deserving because we're we're not playing well. It's been really disappointing. You know, we went into this last game, and I thought to myself, wow, I think that we are going to make a statement. I think that, you know, playing against Cincinnati's defense the week before, you know, they're a good defense. So I'm I'm not too worried, but I think we're going to put up some some major points against the Patriots. And what do we do? We do what we always do as the Steelers, and we play to the level of our opponents. And it really bums me out. I, I, I don't even know if we played to the level of our opponents. We didn't play to a level of an NFL team on offense. <laughs> yeah, Matt Canada's playbook, as pointed out by Alex Kazora, who we've mentioned many times that you should follow if you listen to his podcast, has a, detail, has a great tweet detailing out the nine to 10 plays that Matt Canada runs and they're not disguised. Well, they're not schemed. Well, they're the same plays over and over again. He's not a good offensive coordinator. And you might, no. and you're probably not thinking this cause I've seen Pittsburgh's uh, I've seen Yinzer's reactions to our offense after week two, but it's week two and I'm, I'm sick of them. I'm over them. I really am. And Matt Canada, in an interview, I think today or yesterday, he seems so nonchalant. He was like, hey, let me have it with your comments and your feedback. And he wouldn't answer anyone's questions. He just laughed them off like, oh, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to do this. Take some responsibility, dude. For real. Like, how if, if, if you're playing it off as a joke, you, you're well aware of it. You're well aware that the plays that you're calling and the things that you're doing are not working, that you're like, all right, come on, tell me how bad I am. Like, okay, so you are aware of it. Then why don't you do anything? And, you know, a lot of what I've seen this week, you know, uh, touching on the Canada thing is, as I've seen, I've seen it both ways from, from Steelers fans and, and Steeler media being like, well, you know, Matt Canada is a really horrible offensive coordinator. We got to fire Canada and everything. But I also see a lot of people going after Mitch. And, you know, I feel like personally, there is to be blame. Blame is is supposed to go to realistically both of them. Because the way that I look at it, we have an offensive coordinator who is incompetent of utilizing the middle of the field, which is really frustrating. Um, And you have a quarterback who does not make effective reads and does not throw to the right guy or even look around the field. And I think that's really frustrating. And it's something that you and I have touched on before Dom, but Mitchell Trubisky is not doing well seeing the field. You know, he looks at his one option and one target, and then he goes for the check down if they're not open. And I think the thing that's frustrating is like, we've seen guys open. We've seen Pickett or sorry, Pickens open on numerous occasions, and he just doesn't look that direction. He threw it to him one time. In two games, he threw him to him two times, and I think he has like 30 receiving yards or something. Maybe. So it's like, that. Maybe. So it's like, 
Mitch is not effectively running that offense and doing that. However, obviously in press conferences that came out this week, the players are visit like are super upset by the play calling that is is happening right now. I agree. The play calling has been absolutely atrocious. There's nothing to the to attack the middle of the field or nothing that uh brings risk to the table of going at that deep attack. But like I said before, if if we have guys who are getting open, Mitch is not seeing them. So I feel like the blame has got to go both ways because Canada's offensive scheme is pretty awful. But also Mitchell Trubisky is not seeing the people that he needs to see. And this is what we talked about earlier. Efficiency is going to be what we need to have a pr- productive and successful season. Right. So let's before we go back into that, let's talk about good things for this past game. Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay, yep. I had one. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is easily the best thing to happen to this game. And then my second favorite part about watching the Steelers play on Sunday was seeing uh, the Miami Dolphins at the bottom of the screen slowly come back uh, <laughs> against the Ravens. Um, <laughs> oh, you meant our game. Well, you know what? It was showed at the bottom, so I'm going to count it as a positive for our game. I mean, I guess O-line, from what I've heard, because they haven't been letting up a lot of pressure. But let's talk about the bad. And, a lot, and the bad, I mean, you sure you could still stay on defense. The, the middle of the field, the defense, I thought, played good. I mean, if, you yeah. want to say, if you want to talk about defense, the middle of the field completions, the easier coverage. Witherspoon, yes, he had got a pick last week, but he hasn't really been playing that great, not that bad, but not that great either. Very middle of the road. Um, and obviously, of course, the defense, unfortunately, without TJ Watt, did not get a single sack. Kudos to the New England Patriots line, especially their rookie, who I thought was going to get a welcome to the NFL moment. Did not happen. He held his own very well. So kudos to them. Uh, offensively, like we have discussed, and we'll keep going on it because that's what everyone's been talking about this week. It's just really poor. The offensive, mm-hmm. the offensive play calling, poor. Like Chris had mentioned already, Mitch Trubisky's reads. And we've talked about this for weeks. Poor. Whether that is because he thinks the, the line's going to break down faster, even though they haven't been, or whatever it may be, he's not making the right reads. There's there's plenty of plays from last week that uh, that we've seen online from the All-22 film where he will have, you know, I mentioned those highlights. He had Fryermuth out on an out route and then ended up having to take a sack. There's another one where he had Claypool on an out route. All he had to do was anticipate it. And that would have been a touchdown. Didn't anticipate it at all. There's a third and eight on one of the last drives we had possession of in the fourth quarter where we need points. And Fryermuth becomes open down the middle of the field. But instead, his pre-checkdown play was to throw it to Najee Harris two yards past the line of scrimmage, and we don't get the first down. He's not making the right decisions. And before I go more into that, because there's more to say, and I know you have more to say about that too. Um, also, poor with the offense too. The general understanding of the offense and schemes. I'm not, I'm not really going to blame the receivers all that much, but there are plays where they're running into each other. What are we doing out here? The line is actually blocking pretty decently, but mm-hmm. Najee yeah. Harris, but Najee Harris, unfortunately, I love Najee, 
but his his vision right now is not good. There's no. a lot of plays where there's there's holes there to be made, and he wants to bump it outside, and he wants to do this, or he doesn't trust his own line. He needs to just run hard and run to where there's it's supposed to be. And I I I don't even want to dog on Najee too much because I feel bad because I because I love the kid and and I think he can improve, but his vision right now is not good. And from top to bottom, offense is just not good. And I think yeah. we'll I'll relate over to you to talk more about this, Chris. But we've you and I have been discussing this week, along with a lot of you at home, a lot of you users, that maybe Kenny Pickett should get the start. And there's an argument that he won't get the start tomorrow or today when you're listening to it. He won't get the start against the Browns. It wasn't enough time to practice. But if Mitch plays poor, doesn't make the right reads, even if they win the game, if he doesn't make the right reads in the office of squad at points, you got to think about starting Kenny next because I believe Kenny can make the better reads. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. And it's something that it's, it's hard not to think about. Going into the season, looking at Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, I was excited. I think we both were. Um, yeah. You know, we, we finally bring a sense of mobility into this offense uh since big ben was leaving uh, and retiring um and you know obviously there's that elephant in the room kenny pickett who we draft first overall uh the 20th pick and we obviously draft him for a reason did it did i think he was going to play this year no because i definitely thought that trubisky was going to handle himself well however um in in just two weeks we can clearly see that that is that is not the case Hence why the picket calls and chants were happening at yet last uh, the last game and why people want him out there so bad. And and to touch on Pickett too, is he if he goes out there and if Pickett is to perform let's say even at the same level that Mitch is, to me it's kind of expected, right? Like you Yeah. You look at Pickett, and if he plays the game and he is not performing like lights out, to me, I'm like, oh, he's a rookie. It's more expected than it is with a veteran presence in Mitchell Trubisky. And you you anticipate those growing pains. There are going to be growing pains. You're not going to have him exactly. be lights out right away. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I mean... To to me, there's there's it's a clear answer. Yes, Pickett might not be the answer to solving all of our problems, but I definitely think he can be a, a positive factor in actually getting our offense moving and potentially scoring some more points. And if he's not, then we're wrong, and and we'll eat that, and we'll say on the podcast, guess what, guys, we were wrong. It didn't help at all. But based on uh, how he improved through training camp in preseason and just watching him in the pocket in preseason, I think he makes reads. I think he reads the defense better. I do. Yeah. And and Matt Canada's plays still suck. So I know a lot of people have said, hey, if you replace Trubisky with Pickett, we're still getting the same uh we're, we're still gonna have the same end result because Matt Canada's calling the plays. I don't know if that's necessarily true because there are a lot of plays where Receivers are open, and Trubisky's just not seeing them or not looking that way. I mean, Trubisky, uh, uh, all the receivers, like you had mentioned, that they're all disgruntled this week, and they all um, voiced their opinions about how frustrated they are with the offensive plate calling. Deontay has, George Pickens has, 
Uh, Frymouth has, Najee has, and I agree with all of them. The only person I kind of didn't agree with was Mitch because Mitch was like, hey, they, uh, he's uh, the play caller has to call plays to get receivers down the field or down the middle of the field. And I'm like, he kind of is. You're not throwing them. Yeah. So it, it, not, maybe not the middle of the field because I've seen the route trees for Deontay and they're not in the middle of the field. But there are receivers open farther down the field and Mitch is just isn't throwing them. It was like that uh, post he saw about Pickens and, and his route tree of what he's been given, you know, in the last two games. And I think most of them are out routes and fades, if I'm correct, right? And goes and goes. And goes. No, it was it was it was goes, fades, and hitches. Yeah. And so it's like you have a guy constantly going deep most of the time. But he just doesn't take that chance. He doesn't even look over at him. And I think the thing that frustrates, yes, he and he's getting open. You look, you look back at those those plays in the replay and everything. Pickens is beats his man majority of the time. So I I do not understand where that disconnect is. I I did love watching. I'm I'm not sure if you watched it, but Pickens had an interview, and Mm -hmm. he 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 tried his best to defend Trubisky in there because he is like. Yeah, I'm just thinking he's not getting enough time back there to like, you know, see that and do whatever. But it's like, okay, obviously that's wrong because our pass protection has been honestly really, really good, you know, these and last just, two weeks. And let's just point out that everyone who said George Pickens had attitude problems, he doesn't. Every time no. I see this kid in every time I see this dude in an interview, he's so humble and nice. He's got attitude. He's got the right attitude on the field. So people think he has attitude problems on the field because he like fights people or pancake blocks them. That's what I want out of my receiver. But he's he, mm-hmm. I, I, every time he's in an interview, he's a humble dude for sure. Yeah, I do. Got I do. Got to touch on this, though, because uh, not about Pickens, but um, looking at Matt Canada and his offense and the schemes and how he totally underutilizes the middle of the field. We have two very capable men out there. You have a receiver who is six foot four, who runs a four forty, four a four point four forty time in Chase Claypool, it, running in the slot position. That's huge. We are all excited about that. And then you have another guy who is maybe also six four, taller, I think, in Pat Firemuth, who is coming out to be a, a top eight, top five tight end in the league. I, I would say, or at least he has the capabilities of being in in that yeah. talking. Um, yeah. And and they're just not being utilized. We we're going for all the the outs and the sideline stuff and everything. So it's like that that needs to be pushed. That needs to be stretched. We got to open up the full playing field. And I I think Kenny Pickett can do that. Yeah, basically it's, it's like watching the offense last year with Big Ben, both Mitch Trubisky instead, and at least Big Ben took shots. They weren't pretty yeah. shots. He couldn't throw far, but at least Big Ben took shots down the field. Yeah, severely underthrown, but they were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I know you and I both agree. Maybe you listening home don't agree. Like we said, we'll, we'll admit on the podcast, if they bring Kenny Pickett in and everything still sucks, we'll admit that we're wrong and it didn't fix anything. But like you said earlier, Chris, I 
do think I would be more okay with us sucking like this if Kenny was quarterback because you expect it. And then I'm like, well, at least he's going to grow and he's going to learn from it. He's going to get better. But this is a six-year veteran who's not playing that well. And Matt Canada won't let him do audibles. The only time we scored a touchdown was on a no huddle. I mean, dude, what are we doing here? Yeah. And I'm in no way... Hold on. Chris is get, Chris is getting uh getting word from the 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 boss of the house. Person wears the pants, you feel me? The old ball and chain. The old lady with the rules. Oh, he's back. Oh, I and what I was gonna say is uh now I'm in no way gonna compare Kenny Pickett to Joe Burrow, but also look at Joe Burrow in his first season. I think he went two and seven before he ended up tearing his ACL. And look at look at the leaps and strides that he took into his sophomore year. I'm okay with that. Obviously, I do not want to see a losing season. I know the Steelers are not about doing that, but at the same time, I'm I'm okay with it if we want to put in Pickett and if we want to give him that that experience there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just because, because a lot of people were worried about not putting him in because our line was so bad. That's why people didn't want to put him in because our line was so bad they didn't want to get him killed. But right now, our line isn't playing that bad. Right now, also, our line is actually like outside of top ten, I think, and pass defense. I think they're eleventh. I and last time I saw, yeah. it, I think they're number eleven. Um, and pass and, blocking. And th- that aside, too, uh, Kenny's been rated one of the highest, like out of like throwing on the run. Like, he kind of excels at it. That's very much his game, which is... So, like, even even if pressure does come in, I have full faith that he can still make a play and make those throws, personally. Right. Um, so Last thing that I was going to... Oh, sorry. Do you have something? No. Go ahead. I was just, just going to say, last thing that I wanted to say before we move on, just touching on the Najee thing, was, like, I do agree. He is having a hard time seeing those holes and, and they're, they're pretty wide open. I do. I can imagine that obviously being a captain and everything, uh, he, Najee's also a very humble person. And I feel like he might also see it as like t- carrying the weight of this offense. Cause he had to do that so much last year. So like, and that, and that's a lot, that's a lot that anyone can take, especially a, a second year running back. So I'm almost curious if like the weight and pressure of that might be getting to him a little bit. Hence why he's trying to make something out of nothing. But at the same time, Naj, you are a North and South running back. You got to just, if it's running straight, just go ahead and do it. Trust in your blocking. I, th- I think he'll end up eventually getting it. But right now I think he's just trying to do, do too much. Yeah, and I hope he does end up getting it because I like him too much to it it hurts me to see him fail right now. Yeah, so I agree. Me too. So I hope you can uh figure that out and pick it up. Let's talk about the preview for uh, I I'll just say it because this is coming out on Thursday for 10 nights game. <laughs> sure. Um let's talk about the preview for against the Browns. <laughs> Kind of a similar situation to last week with our offense. But let's just boil it down to it is what it is right now with the Browns offense. It's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And the Steelers have done a pretty good job so far this year. 
at stopping the run. I know they won't have TJ Watt, but, they, but regardless, they've done a pretty good job stopping the run. That is the Browns' offense. They need to yeah. stop the run. If you're gonna, if you let Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt run all over you, it's gonna be a long game for the Steelers because. Mm-hmm. And like we said last week, you know, I I could mention these things, and then sh- and then you know, sure enough. <laughs> like like the jinx that it is, these players would pop off and they'd do really well. But on paper, I'm not afraid of Jacoby Brissett. I don't think he's very good. He has only thrown one pass uh, with air yards of 20 yards. It was an exactly a 20-yard pass, and it was incomplete. So he's not throwing it down the field. To me, they only have one good receiver. They have Amari Cooper, and then they and 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 then the rest of the receivers don't scare me. Even Amari Cooper yep. doesn't scare me like Jamar Chase does. And then their offensive line is really good. So mm-hmm. the thing with the the offense itself, although they've had some injuries, a lot of people are questionable, but, but they will be playing. Then the offense is last week, we didn't get a single sack. And this offensive line, to me, is stronger. So hopefully they can find a way to maybe disguise some things and maybe somehow get a sack in there. But I think above all, even if they don't get a sack... The most important thing is stopping the run because their offense is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I do think a big part of the Patriots offense last week was they they knew they had to get the ball out quick. So they attacked the middle of the field and, and tried to do that. So I think I'll, I'll, some of that falls to the play calling and, you know, we, we just weren't given that much time and opportunity to get there. I would like to think that we can still get to the quarterback, obviously without TJ Watt. The thing is we can't rely solely on one man. It does suck. And it's a huge loss losing the reigning defensive player of the year uh, for X amount of games. I understand that. I get it, but I don't think our defense has played bad. Like I don't think last game they played bad. You know, there were times when they could have made the play or whatever, but um, I do think we have a very capable team. I do think mm-hmm. our rush defense this particular week scares me the most. I agree with you. I'm not really too worried about Brissett or Amari Cooper. I think, you know, they, I, I don't think they're going to have much impact in t- to tonight's game. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I would I, I would say I, I would say. Hunt and Chubb are going to be my biggest concern. We got to make sure that we can stack the box as much as we can because we know they're going to be trying to run on us. And we right. just got to trust our trust our corners and our safeties in the back. I mean, Mika's already playing lights out, so I'm not worried about him. But we just got to have faith and trust in them that they can, uh, you know, cover their guys as well. Exactly. And as far as the... Uh, the Browns defensive side of the ball or what we're looking for is for the offense to improve at all on paper, the defense, it looks good. Um, I, I mean, the, here's what I'll say about that on paper. Their defense looks good. These past two weeks, their defense has not looked good. So what are we going to get tonight f- for this game? I'm not really sure what we're going to get. They played the Panthers and Baker Mayfield and they were winning by a lot. And then Baker came back and diced them up and, and uh, almost won that game. Then they're playing the Jets with Joe Flacco at quarterback. And they had that game won. Then Joe, Fla- uh, Joe Flacco started dicing him up. I mean, every touchdown Flacco had, except for, I think, the game winner, the receiver was wide open. 
based on whatever schemes the Browns are running. And it's just like, I don't want to say that they're bad. Some people have already written off the Browns defense. They're like, oh, they're bad. I am worried that if I say that they're going to be play lights out because on paper they're good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Miles Garrett, he's coming back from an injury. He was injured, but you still got Miles Garrett there. Sure. Um, Man, our left tackle. Uh, Dan Moore really held him in check last year. I don't know if that's going to happen again. The rest of their defensive line, I'm not really too worried about with Jordan Elliott or uh, Taven, Brian, and Clowney's out, so Alex Wright. So it's mostly just Miles Garrett on the front. Um, JOK at inside linebacker is a good concern, but the rest of the inside linebackers don't care about. But their cornerbacks were giving up all these yards, all these points. It's surprising because the names are good. I mean, their their secondary situation, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, Josh Johnson the third, Greg Newsom the second. Those that's a strong secondary, but they're not really playing like it right now. So it's like, what are we gonna get, Chris? I'm not really sure. So yeah. it, if they're gonna play the way they've been playing, then this is the time for Mitch to prove that he needs to stay the starter. If the, if the Browns defense is going to play the same way they've just played against Joe Flacco and the Jets and Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, then Mitch needs to prove that this is his job, that we're not going to give it to Kenny Pickett nine days from now against the Jets, and that he throws d- damn near 300 yards and a couple t- a touchdowns. This is it. I it mean, really is. Yeah, I agree with you. This, this is Mitchell Trubisky's Game to not lose his job. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you know, if he has lower stats again, right, but the, the film shows that the Browns secondary decided to play this week, even though they didn't play the past two weeks, then I'm not going to, you know, we're logical fans here. We've always told uh, you guys, we've pride ourselves in saying that we're logical fans. I'm not going to go, next week to review this game and be like, Mitch sucks because he had 140 yards passing and, and no touchdowns. Well, if the, if the corners were locked down, they were locked down. Then, then, then our receivers weren't getting open. Then I'll say that. But if, but if he has those low stats and it's the same situation it's been where receivers are open and he's not seeing them, he's not throwing them their way. This is it. It's gotta be it. Yeah. It's gotta be. And honestly, uh, I, the writing's kind of on the wall, realistically, and what a better game for, I believe, Pickett to enter than against the Jets because, I mean, you can to get a full game in before you go against all those hard teams, too, if that's the way that we ride because I believe we have the Bills, we have the Bucks, we have uh, Jesus's team to play against. So, I mean, like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's going to be a hard schedule ahead, but... You know, yeah. I I think I feel like the writing's almost on the wall. If it, this is this is Mitch's last chance, I will um, say that um, I will say that just by judging the names on paper, I know that everyone keeps saying, "Hey, the Browns' pass defense has been really really bad." So attack attack their pass defense. I I don't know if I can rely on that completely, but just by looking at the names on paper, I don't think their front seven's very good. So also like Najee. This is your time too, as well. Yeah, and, but this isn't. I'm, but this isn't as threatening as Mitch. I'm not saying this to, like threaten Najee at all, because uh, I still love Najee. But like, I think, I think Najee could be the one to carry this game because I don't think the front seven is as strong. They have Miles Garrett, sure. They got JOK, sure. That's two players. 
one of them who plays on the outside. He's not going to be in every single inside run. I think this is going to be that time to shine. And also, yeah. again, as a precursor, you can add the asterisk. I'm not going to judge Trubisky harshly if our run game is going really well and his stats are low. Sure. I won't, but you, you know the drill. We've, we've talked circles around it. So, Okay. Should we uh, move into the keys of the game? Yeah. Okay. Keys of the game. I'm still working on that intro, but that's pretty good. Um, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, so my first key to the game is I think we have to force uh, the long third downs. We got to force the Browns to be in a position to where they can't rely on their run. Right. So our defense has got to have a good front on first and second down. We got to establish and make sure that they uh, have to pass the ball because I think their passing game is not going to be good. Um, so we, we got to make sure that we give them a ton of third and longs uh, for their offense. Um, on the opposite side, I agree with you with Najee to where I do think we have, I, I think we need to establish a run game. We got to somehow find an equal balance and we got to get Najee moving. I really hope that he can uh, focus on the North and South and, and see those holes and, and make something out of nothing. Again, I don't know if this is going to be his first hundred yard game. That'd be awesome because yeah, I would love to see that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, my next key of the game is uh, taking those shots downfield that we said this last week, we got to make, take those risks. Um, because we're getting really predictable. This is reminding me so much of the year Ben came back uh, after surgery and we started 11 and 0 uh where people were like, "Oh, we know what play they're going to run." Like we understand that. And last year. And last year, we cannot be predictable. We have to take those shots down the field and we have to look at different reads. Um those are kind yeah. of my keys to the game. Do you have anything? No, I I for I actually completely agree with you, especially in your first key. I think, I think that is the biggest key because because that that involves stopping the run. You can stop the run and you can force them into third and long situations. That's going to be huge because I'd rather put the ball in Brissett's hands and watch our pass defense go to work. And I think that is a big key to the game. Obviously, like you said, running too. I agree with that as well because we can control the clock. I would also add um, to the things you said. Uh, the attitude and the aggressiveness that the, the same attitude and aggressiveness we brought to play Cincinnati, bring it here. This is AFC North football. This is divisional football. I, I don't forgive the Browns for beating us in the playoffs. I don't forgive them for talking all that smack. Yes, we sweeped them last year, deservedly so, because they suck. But I don't, I, I hope they lose every game. I hope, I hope they come in there mad. I know Deshaun Watson's not playing. I just still want them to lose every game. It's on site. F the Browns and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I don't care. Preach. So have that attitude to punch him in the mouth. And I think that's a big key to the game. You know what? Uh, and I, Go ahead. Oh, I was go just going to say, I'll be honest. I don't know if I want to give stats uh, predictions because uh, <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been very disappointing. Uh, other than maybe the first game with defense. So I'm, I'm going to let the team surprise me. In however way they want to surprise me this week. Oh boy, that could be good or bad. 
I hope it's on the positive trend. Uh, do you got a score? I will. I will say Steelers will squeak by, like a squeak. And let's. God, we got to score. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually put us in the twenties. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna give us. I'm gonna give us twenty three. And I'm gonna give the Browns sixteen. Wow, that was almost my exact prediction. Really? Yeah, I was gonna say twenty three seventeen. Wow. Which which sucks because I need because we just talked about how the offense needs to get better, and that doesn't really show that the offense that has is gotten better. better. I not really, <laughs> but it's it's something for sure. It's definitely no, something. No, you see, because that's two offensive touchdowns instead of one. That's true. Could be three with a safety. You never know. True you that. You never know. Uh, so we'll be looking for those in tonight's game, and we'll be back next week to discuss those. It'll be it'll just be myself. Chris is going to take a little vacay. Uh, so I will do the best I can to hold down the fort while he's gone. But before we leave you with that, uh, we've been doing football picks every week. And Chris and I are going to compare our records. I would share with you our record right now, but I have not taken the time to look into it. So I would try to do that next week. Um, and I also have Chris's picks for next week, so I'll be able to share them. Uh, so we're going to run through our picks of every game for this week, and then the loser at the end of the season will have to have some kind of punishment. Please DM us if you have any ideas on what said punishment should be. First up, Steelers at Browns. Steelers. Steelers, Chiefs at Colts. Never picking the Colts again, Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I am either. Texans at Bears. I'm going to say Texans. I'm going to say Bears, just because it's at home. Social field stuff. Saints at Panthers. Give me the Panthers. I, I think Jameis Winston is hurt. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to do Panthers as well. Well, then that may be a regretful choice. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Raiders at Titans. <sighs> Raiders. The Titans are washed. So is yeah, Derek Titans, Henry. Yeah, Titans suck. Raiders for sure. Uh, Bengals at Jets. J-E-T. No, I'm kidding. Probably Bengals. <laughs> it's got to be Bengals. I'll, I, I'll be happy the Jets win, but it's got to be Bengals. Yeah, no way uh, they start 0-3. Yeah, I know. Bills at, Bills at Dolphins. He didn't have to tell me the second team, Bills. <laughs> yeah, the way they're steamrolling people, I agree. I think this could be a potential upset place, but I'm going to pick the Bills too. Eagles at Commanders. Give me the Eagles. I agree. Got to go Eagles. I also, I also mark this as a potential upset place, but Eagles. Lions at Vikings. Here's my upside game. I'm going to go with the Lions because their offense is looking smooth. Their defense is trash, but their offense is looking so good. You know what? I just read today. You know, you know what team has scored the high, uh, the most points this year so far? I think the Lions. It's the Lions. The more than the Bills. Yeah. Uh, and with that being said, I'm going to go with the Vikings because they're home. <laughs> uh, Ravens at Patriots. Ravens, unfortunately, but hopefully Patriots go Pats. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Ravens too. I don't think, the, like I said, I don't think the Patriots are good. I think we will let one slip away. To be honest, yeah. uh, Jaguars at Chargers. 
I don't know if Justin Herbert is hurt or playing. Uh, he practiced today with bruised ri- or fractured ribs. Yeah. Uh, I think the common sense answer is the Chargers, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Trev Daddy and <laughs> say Jacksonville. I'll go Chargers just on the thought that he's going to play. That uh, one's for you, Charlie, out in the UK. I know you're a big Trevor Lawrence fan, um, but yeah, let's see if they can pull this one off. <laughs> uh, Packers at Bucks. Uh, I th- I'm just going to say Bucks because I feel like they get lucky, even though they're really not that good this year. Yeah, I'm going to say Packers, but I think they're both in the same boat. Buccaneers don't really have a lot of great offense. Packers don't have any receivers. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I'm going to say Packers. Buckers' defenses looks good, but who knows. Uh, Rams at Cardinals. Rams. I'm just going to say Cardinals because they're at home. Because Rams haven't looked super solid either, to be honest. Uh, Falcons at Seahawks. Well, you know, Dom, I do say Falcons got to get a win at some point, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I am as well, because it's at home. <laughs> 49ers at Broncos. Uh, the Jimmy G homecoming. Even though he played oh. last week. Homecoming? It's not even at home. <laughs> at Denver. Nah, you see, Jimmy G doesn't need a home. That's why he signed on as a second string quarterback, because his future was unknown. <laughs> but I'm going to go with San Francisco. You are going to San Francisco. I'm going with San Francisco. I am going with the Broncos, unfortunately. And if they keep playing the way they've been playing, I'm not going to be picking the Broncos for a while. And then the last game, Cowboys at Giants. Uh, Giants. I feel like they're not playing that bad. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I think I'm going to pick them too, and that seems kind of scary. But I'm also going to pick the Giants. Yeah. And that... It is our picks of the week. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Northern Steel podcast. My name is Dominic. This is my brother, Chris. We will see you guys next week. And by we, I mean myself. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Facebook, on MySpace, on Napster, and on LimeWire. <laughs> Uh, have a great week go Steelers Chris do you have any last last words as always very insightful go Steelers I gotta love it okay see you guys next week peace peace out